I was just hammered. <laughs> uh, that's the only time I've ever taken a Jaeger tequila and fireball shot in one round. <laughs> yeah. That was, I was like, when we call that tequila, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was, what? When that I was mess call. <laughs> that was so smoky. I don't know what the shit that was. When I took that, I was like, yeah, I can see myself going up in the bushes. <laughs> I was like, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. All right. Heyo, we are Fantasy on Draft. I am your host, NMFL. Hosting with me today, Maddie Saddy. What up, Maddie? What's going on, Nick? How we doing, brother? Good, good, good. Glad you're here. Joe Griff's with us today. What up, Joe? Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for today's episode. We did some good stuff. We did some good stuff. Yeah, we did some drafts. We're gonna we're gonna do some mock drafts. We'll we'll talk about ones that we did. Um, a little housekeeping, we're just going to get it out of the way. You're already here, so you know you found us, but Apple, that's a great place. Spotify, that's a great place. Amazon Music, SoundCloud, all of those. We are on Facebook at Fantasy on Draft Podcast. We'd love for you to check us out, follow us, give us some reviews, tell us if we're legit or not. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasy on draft. Check us out there. Patreon's a place that you can help support the show financially if you'd like. For as little as a dollar an episode, you can help support us and keep the podcast running. Keep us talking to you and help us help you with all this great fantasy knowledge that we spew. At least that's what we tell ourselves. So check it out. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about mock drafts and some rookies. We did a too early mock draft right we did one about a week before the nfl draft right yeah we did and we did that with some of our patreon members that were free then after the nfl draft we did another one and we're kind of gonna look at them compare them see if uh guys changed adp from their their landing spot spoiler alert they did all right drastic changes as expected yeah yeah drastic (laughs) Um, so we're going to talk about that. We'll get into little NFL news and notes, and then we'll get into the drunken trade of the week just to wrap up the show. But first, we'll get into our beer of the day. This is from friend of the show, Austin Smith. He got brought us some Monkish. They are from Torrance, California. Monkish is actually legit. You can get them shipped anywhere in California. So if you like some good brews, check them out, monkishbrewing.com. Matt, I know you're going to like this one. It is called L.A. Hat, and it is all L.A. Dodgers uh, emblems, logos, logos, how about? Yeah, Ugly, that's, right? That's going to dock at about a point and a half right yeah. yeah. So, Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's kind of cool how they did it, but overall ugly. Yeah, it's uh, good on style points, just it's, you know, hate the execution. Um, it says that they are, it's an IPA, sorry, it's 6.6%, and it has Strata, Citra, and Simcoe hops. Has anybody tried it yet? Joe, have you tried it? I did. I was just trying it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. I like Monkish. Shout out Austin for hooking us up with this. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I dig it. It's kind of got that pillowy mouth, that soft mouth feel. It really does. Yeah, it really does. Um, I'm getting overripe, I think is the correct description, but... Um, I like it. I mean, for the style, it's exactly what I expect from Monkish. Just kind of a hazy, pillowy, um, nice, nice taste to it. So I'm, I'm a fan. Maddie, have you tried it? I did. Um, it is good. I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's got that like nice citric kick to it. 
Um, it's for a six, six, uh, it almost tastes like it should be a little bit higher ABV, but, um, you know, overall I enjoy it. I probably give about a seven flat, uh, not exactly a lawnmower beer, but not exactly like a fresh, you know, high ABV beer. So it's a, I find it right in the middle. Yeah. I actually really like it a lot. And for being a, a hazy beer, the, you're right, the pillowiness, it has a real thick mouthfeel to it. Mm-hmm. And it has, I feel like the balance of the sweetness, it's not overly sweet, which is always my complaint with the hazies. I, I really like it. I think it's done well, but I think Monkish is one of the best, especially on the West Coast for the hazy New England style. They they kill it and, and bring some good stuff. So of hazies that I've had recently, I would say this is definitely one of my favorite ones that I've had. I really like the Simcoe in here. I, I think I'm going to give it about a 7.4. I knew you were going to say that because I was like, oh, I forgot to give it a score. I was going to say 7.2. I'm like, watch, it's going to be 7, 7.2, 7.4. So there you go. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little of Alvarado, some of their their softer. Okay, ideas. yeah, yeah. yeah um, so you guys have had Monkish before, and I can't really think off the top of my head. You guys are better with breweries than I am. Um, can you name something else that they've come out with that maybe I've had? They kind of... They do a lot of like one-off stuff. They don't have a whole lot of just uh, staple beers in the rotation kind of. Yeah, thing. it's kind of. I mean, they've done this one before and they've done other stuff before, but I I don't know if I would remember specifically which ones I've had. But when the pandemic started, they started shipping. It used to be, man, Monkish used to be crazy. You had to you could only get it by waiting out front, like waiting in line, and. They didn't tell you what days it was until <laughs> like an hour or two before. So you had to like follow their all their social media stuff really hard. Oh, and I know guys that were like, okay, it's always the second Wednesday after a full moon. <laughs> and then they'd like go and wait and be like, I was wrong. I didn't get anything. Some guy just came out and he's like, FO, it's not today, man. <laughs> Mercury was in retrograde. It ruined everything. I mean, but yeah, now you can ship it. So now like people are just going online, getting it shipped all around. It's it's pretty rad that I hope that that continues. I, I mean, know, so far it's still going. Like I hope One it, of those COVID silver linings has been this beer shipped, beer to go. The, the beer to go. Fantastic. My God. I did just remember Dave Whitaker, shout out Dave, um, hooked up one, two, one in Lewis. Oh yeah. 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 Two, that one was, in Lewis. Yeah. That, that is memorable. But. Yeah. I know a lot of guys do monkish Mondays. So yeah, I would say if I saw another monkish, uh, brewery beer run around on tap somewhere i'll definitely jump all over it it's well, very let's, pleasing let's take a look we'll we'll all go in and we'll buy a 12 pack or i mean i think it's a case i think you gotta do a 24 pack but so oh, for you, shipping nice so nick you stand out front mondays tuesdays joe wednesday thursdays and then i'll do friday saturdays and we'll rotate every sunday to up front to when they release something and then we'll just ask dave to have it shipped yeah <laughs> where's the fun in that <laughs> it's in torrance man it's a long bike ride <laughs> Uber is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Some news and notes around the NFL. Uh, obviously, the draft is the big thing, but so there was not a whole lot going on. But Sony Michelle signed with the Dolphins. Um, I mean, I don't know. I this backfield was already insane with a number of guys that are mediocre with high upside, and you just add Sony Michelle to it. I don't. It's a LA traffic jam now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't who who's to own. I I want no part of the backfield. I mean, if I have uh, Chase Edmonds, maybe you know get rid of him before people find out it's getting worse for that backfield. Um, I don't 
you know, I don't think it's going to be beneficial to have any of those guys. Even if you have a couple, I don't think you're safe because you're not going to know who to play any given week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, um, there's all these great things that have come out of the Shanahan offense. And with Mike McDaniel going to the Dolphins, I think this is, there's positive things and this is a side effect. I think it's someone overthinking the backfield and going, okay, who has the hot hand? And this is taking it to the extreme. Um, Shanahan's always been a nightmare when it comes to fantasy. When it comes to the backfield, you don't know who you're going to play. When he does have a running back he's going to, it works out. But I think Mike McDaniel's taking this to another level where he says, who's 100%, you're getting the ball this week, and he's going to play it out from there, and it's going to be absolute fantasy nightmare. Mm-hmm. So just looking on, on Sleeper at their depth chart, what they show right now, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, Sony Michelle, Salvin Ahmed. Every single one of those guys in the past two years, three years maybe, has had a big 100-yard game, multiple touchdowns. Like every single one of those guys at one point in the last couple years, you're like, yes, I own him. Right. And I feel like almost every single one, when they went to the Dolphins, you were like, ooh, you know, like, okay, is no one going to be there and it's going to be Miles Gaskin and, you know, Ogman? Okay, no, Chase Edmonds. Oh, I could see that. He could take <laughs> over that backfield. And then, you know, Raheem Mostert, like, oh, geez. I mean, if he stays healthy, that guy can do crazy things. I think out of that backfield, Mostert is um, not by much, but that is the one that I think I would favor. And I don't know why, but I just feel like he has the most to prove. And I think he is part of that. Um, that old, you know, Niners offense, and I think he's just gonna feel comfortable there. But I, like I said, this is—I have no idea. This is—I yeah. mean, I'm throwing a dart here, but that's was, yeah. I, don't that's know. I was gonna put—I would put him three. I was gonna say yeah. Edmonds, Michelle, then Mostert. But yeah, I, you're right. I yeah, mean, M- Mostert to me is the one though that I would be the least surprised if he took over the backfield. Yeah, like if he took it over and just ran away with it, I'd be like, well, he used to do it for the Niners. I mean, here we go. He's really good when he's healthy. I could also see that, like, Mostert and McDaniel are, you know, they're out there and they're like, they play golf on Saturdays. He's like, hey, remember, don't forget. He's like, don't worry, eighteen touches tomorrow. I know, I know. <laughs> like he's the only one that has like controlled a backfield and ran, and you know, like he was the. Niners starter he was the starter no questions asked everyone else just filled in but now he's older he's always injured I I don't know and not to say that the other guys in this backfield haven't had that opportunity um you know Sony Michelle had that opportunity uh Miles Gaskin absolutely had that opportunity Chase Edmonds too you know you, you all these guys have had you know games where they were the starter and the head coach and they leaned on them and they just didn't pop off like they thought they would so right like I said this is I mean it's a shot in the dark. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I have some Sony Michelle shares, and I was kind of hoping that he would go somewhere that he'd be worth a damn to even, maybe even just trade him. And I don't know if this is it, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure that one or two of those guys will get injured pretty early and then narrow it down. And then by the end of it, Jared Dokes will be running away with that backfield. Right. So. <laughs> I do think Mostert, I just went back and looked. Yeah, Mostert, uh, you know, last year only played that first that first right. game, was out the whole year. The season before, he had one, two, three, four, ugh, I mean, three good games, a bunch of injuries, a bunch under 10. year before that, he was pretty good, but... Oh, he's absolutely he's injured. 30. He's 30? He's 30. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But Florida weather, man, that's good for the retirement age. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to excel with that humidity. New life. <laughs> 
also we saw going all over everywhere all the news sites today they were talking about do you guys see this the the fantasy player he got dead last in his league and his punishment was that he had to play a uh u.s open qualifier uh for golf absolutely brilliant yeah he um shot a 40 over 112 (laughs) and uh i'm just like what a great idea but i don't know like we you know joe and i we had mentioned it earlier when we were talking to ourselves like yeah what would the course setup be i mean it's not going to be your average course down the street i mean if it's a qualifier you have to yeah one you can assume they're playing from the tips sure which adds a lot and it's probably a course where the tips are significant it's not one of these munis where it's oh you know 10 yards 15 20 yards back and i'm sure it's not gonna be like a pga event but you know the rough they let it go. The pin placements. Are oh, I didn't even think about the rough. Yeah. The no. pin placements are going to be nasty. They're going to make it hard on you. So like your average golfer, even if it's your course, you're going to score significantly worse on that qualifying day. No range finders. Can't use that. PJ doesn't use. Oh range finders. yeah, that's true. Also the pins aren't marked yet. They're all going to be just white. Pins. They're all white. You got to guess. You, and so if you're not comfortable with your caddy, you have no idea what's going on. Not that it sounds like this guy was a scratch golfer to begin with, but my yeah, favorite part is, too. He's like, yeah, man, the walking, the walking really got to me. He's like, I was a, <laughs> more of a cart guy. So he's used to having his 12 pack on the cart and just enjoying his round. This guy's my hero. Grinding it. I was, I was looking some stuff up and I clicked on an article and they were just dumping on him on how like, this is just a bad move. His caddy and his playing partner suffered and like, I will admit I did wonder about that, his playing partner. Like if a guy's like really trying to play well and get in a zone and you got this doofus over here that's just hacking his way around, I get that. But like if you're trying to make the tour, you got to be mentally strong enough to like power through that. Yeah, Yeah, right. You're going to have hammered college kids playing, you know, at the waste management. You're trying to, you know, you can't handle this one guy shooting a 112 next to you. I mean, I know it's not awesome, but... uh, I wonder what his uh, his playing partner shot. Anyone got any information on that? I, I did. It didn't say, but they were like using words of like, it wasn't a victimless punishment and stuff. And I was mm. just like, come on. Relax. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fun. He sounds like a dick. I like, and we have a league that we do a lot of betting. And uh, one of our buddies posted about it. And then somebody else was like, nope. In our league, loser has to fight an amateur UFC guy. <laughs> <laughs> And then AJ was like, AJ left the league. Yeah, that is <laughs> cracking <it>. No. <laughs> I said straight up, like, just put me in the tattoo league. I'll get a yeah, tattoo. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to get my face beat in. <laughs> um, some good news for us 49er fans. Guys, I know you're excited. Debo refollowed the 49ers on Instagram. <laughs> Lock it in. That's, I mean, yeah, he's as good as in. Hall of Famer Nothing. coming back. <laughs> Niners could possibly happen with that. Making the Niners great again. Maybe he's just trying to holler at one of the Gold Rush girls. We don't know. Hey, I, I'll take it. I don't care. <laughs> um, one other quick note: um, free agency, another crowded backfield. Mike Davis. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's to true. The Baltimore Ravens. That is true. That so actually I, so excites out. me for my J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> J.K. and Gus the Bus. Watch your heels, boys. I was so worried Melvin Gordon was going to go there. I'll take Mike Davis all day long. That's true. That's yeah. That's a an upgrade of a downgrade for you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so that backfield goes with Lamar Jackson, and then it goes Dobbins. Right. And then. Uh, 
Not Davis. Gus, Gus, Gus Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, Gus Edwards, yeah. yeah. And then, Dave, I saw that... Of course, both those guys Ty, are still recovering. What's his name? Like, Tyson, Tyson Williams, yeah. whatever. They, like, took back his their offer, so I guess he's out. Yeah. I mean, he was probably out anyways, but... And I mean, those, those guys both got injured so early. I know. They should be ready to go, I don't think. I hope so. Yeah. Just the best running back on that team will always be Lamar Jackson. It's tough. Like, even though they have great running backs, it's one of those things that if he feels like running it all game, your running back's going to suffer if you start him on your squad. Yeah. Him. I mean, they also are trying not to get him injured all the time, though. As his career progresses, you can tell. Yeah. So they're, they're trying not doesn't to mean not. he's not going to run. I think right. they're going to have less designed runs. Yeah. Uh, the year he was number one QB, I mean, he ran all over the place. And then we were just looking that up. His ranks, it's I'm sure they've kind of eased up on that. And his fantasy rank has dropped pretty significantly. Yeah, yeah. Off target here, but speaking of news and notes, Tom Brady's new contract. Oh, my oh, goodness. Mother why of play God. any more football? I saw his like career earnings salary-wise. Yep. That is, he makes a ton of other money. But was like three hundred and seven or something like that. Oh, his career, his earnings, career, not earnings. his contract. Okay. Yeah, and but now he gets ten years, three hundred and seventy-five million to be the Fox analyst. <laughs> Is he replacing Troy Aikman? Is Troy Aikman done? Troy and Joe are taking over Monday or Sunday I night. Don't know. I don't they're know. taking yeah. over either Sunday night or Monday night. Okay. So they're doing that, and they'll still do the Fox games. But he's the main analyst, so I'm picturing him in every studio show. You know, that's what he's going to be doing. I'm sorry. Uh, ESPN should have got Tom and made him and Peyton just announce every game. <laughs> <laughs> just give each other shit every game. <laughs> Man. But I feel like the Manning brothers get, like, $800 a week to do their, like, sideshow. <laughs> they're so pissed right now. <laughs> I, their side show is so much fun to watch. I, I don't know. I think I'm, they're getting paid okay. No, I'm, I, you know, I'm <laughs> kidding. But three seventy five. That is an stupid money. That's unreal. I feel like that's a number that like Tom Brady just threw out jokingly, and like, yeah, we'll pay it. And he's like, what? <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> I'm in. He's gonna jog out the field week one. Ah, like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. shoulder string. Go. I'm out. <laughs> Um, ESPN, they put out some uh, dynasty ranks. Mike Clay put out his rankings. And uh, I figured we'd just touch on the top 12. We'll kind of uh, talk about that a little bit. And then we'll get into the mock drafts that we did and and compare, you know, the before and after drafts. So I'm just going to start us off here. Um, number one, Brees Hall, running back, Jets. Anybody have an issue with him being number one? None. Not at all. Brady's pretty much consensus. I think even in Superflex, I think he's he's pretty much one one. Um, the they, Jets are trying to do some good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it. I mean, it's not a place you know. There, you think there's some other places he could have landed, but the Jets are definitely making their move with all their draft picks, and they're making the best of a bad situation the last couple of years. And you know, all of the uh, the consensus about Brees Hall is. He's explosive, he's quick, and his pass-catching abilities are going to want to set him apart. Yeah. So, um, you know, to see a team like the Jets who are going to be down a ton and hearing that their best running back is a pass-catching back, that just screams fantasy value. Yeah, I agree. Number two, Drizzy Drake, Drake London, wide receiver for Atlanta. Personally, not my wide receiver one for the rookies, but I think he's in a great spot. I think there's not a lot of pass catchers there between, you know, besides him and Pitts, but the quarterback scares me a little bit. Yeah. It's a big question mark. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. They're, my impression is they're, 
projected to get a quarterback in the draft next year, correct? And they're expecting to have a pretty high draft pick. Yeah. So you may have to wait a little for the investment to kick in. But, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot of targets. So right away he's going to get fed, and how well he gets fed is a question. But I think he will end up being a stud there. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Jets again. What is crazy, the Jets, huh? Uh, so wide receiver two, number three on the list. Um, again, he's. I think he's probably my number two wide receiver, um, but he can do some really good things as long as, you know, Zach Wilson can get him the ball. Yeah, the Wilson to Wilson combo is already writing itself right now. You know, all these you know commentators are trying to figure out the best way to have these sound bites about that situation. But yeah, his combine looked really well or really good, and uh, you know everyone seems to love him. So this will be an interesting setup. Jets having those two right out of the gate um, should be a very fun offense to watch. Number four, Kenneth Walker the third running back went to Seattle. Do we think he can take over that job? I mean, how do you guys feel about Penny? I mean, Penny was a, a dud for so long and then just became an absolute stud. So I think the sample size is a little too small. But, I mean, if he was dinged up before and still tr- trying to figure it out and now he's got it, man, he's going to be hard to, you know, wrestle some carries away from. Uh, Chris Carson is still. <laughs> What's his? So he's a free agent, right? They didn't re-sign him. Isn't Chris Carson free? No. Is he still there? No, he's still. I don't, I don't know the exact uh deal of his contract but he signed a new deal like i think he for sure has this year he might even have next year um but i don't know if his neck is gonna gonna let him keep playing yeah it's the final year of his contract it's the final year okay so that'll be interesting but yeah like i said rashad penny showed up last year for sure and, and he i mean he ended up being a league winner for some people he was just if he was just riding your oh yeah for sure and he just he had games that were crazy towards the end and as we know seattle loves to run the ball and (laughs) they're gonna love to run it even more when they got drew lock or gino throwing it so i mean there's gonna be enough if there's a two-headed backfield both can get enough uh sorry looking it up chris carson has a 6.1 million dollar um contract and his dead cap space is three million so I don't think they're going to cut him, but that's not the, I mean, three million is not the worst. They could do it. Right. Yeah. Um, number five, Traylon Burks, wide receiver for Tennessee. That's kind of crazy. I mean, they traded AJ Brown and then instantly with that pick drafted Traylon Burks. I know they were trying to save the money, but I saw the funny cartoon that was like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, Traylon Burks, could become AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown already is AJ Brown, but I guess it's when you don't want to when you don't want to pay a hundred million dollars to a guy for for four years. But um, I'm still a big fan of Traylon Burks. He kind of fell through his combine where he didn't run as fast as people thought he was. Like, and it's such a weird thing because game tape, everyone couldn't get enough of him. Thought he was you know amazing the next Megatron. And then he doesn't run as fast as other guys with no pads on, and everyone's like, whoa, I don't know. It's weird. So I still got Traylon pretty high. Um, And Tennessee, I mean, if he went to Tennessee with A.J. Brown, I would not be high on him, but he's basically replacing him. That's a lot of targets. Yeah. Number six, Jamison Williams, wide receiver for Detroit. 
Uh, I was really pumped on Jamison Williams pre-draft. Detroit kind of scares me. I don't. It's a bummer. It's a bummer of a landing spot for sure. Yeah, they don't seem to be doing what the Jets are doing and trying to put it together. Right. Yeah, it <laughs> should be really did, interesting. They traded up to get him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they traded a lot, I think. Um, and when's his consensus to come back? It's later in this year, right? He's not going to be ready at week one. I, I don't think he's going to be that late. I, yeah. I would say they may ease him in, you know, not yeah. go crazy, but I think he's going to be pretty much ready to go. Oh, okay. Even if they put him on a little bit of a pitch count. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Number seven, Chris Alave, wide receiver from New Orleans. New Orleans also, again, traded a lot to get him. Um, and, I mean, everything I'm hearing is just his ceiling isn't crazy high, but his floor is just, you know, he's just going to be. ceiling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also heard that his run after catch doesn't really exist. Okay. <laughs> he just folds on the ground. And yeah. Just <laughs> Number eight, Isaiah Spiller, running back for the Chargers. That's kind of a surprise to me. He he fell quite a bit. But, again, I feel like he's one of the ones where pre-combine, people couldn't get enough of him, thought he was going to be the next, you know, greatest thing. And then he didn't quite run as fast and didn't quite do some stuff, and they, everyone was super down on him. And he fell late in the draft, too. And then the Chargers, I don't know. What do you think? you think he can – I think that's a great landing spot, actually. You're good to have Austin Eckler. You know, he gets to look up to him, kind of work his way in. Um, this offense is going to be hot regardless of him being there. He's going to learn really quick. You know, he's uh, his whole life is revolved around football, you know, with his pedigree. I think um, I think it's a great landing spot. I think it's going to be fun to watch him kind of progress. Uh, you know, Eckler is obviously a stud. He's a top five running back this year, and he's going to be around for a little bit longer. But it's nice to see, like, a running back that's going to be able to watch him and kind of mentor him a little bit. So it'll be interesting to watch. And Eckler does, I mean, pretty consistently misses a couple games a season. Yeah, he goes so hard. He goes 100% every game. Yeah. So when he gets hurt, it's, you know, I mean, it's eventually going to happen that he gets hurt, but it's uh, he just plays 100%. He doesn't uh, phone it in ever. I think that it'll be nice if you draft Spiller. I think even though he's going to be definitely behind Eckler, I think there'll be games this year where he gets to run as the one and you get a pretty good idea of what what you have, you know, what you what you did draft. So I think if you have some Eckler, that's a great cuff. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You might reach a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Number nine, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver to Washington. Um, You know, Scary Terry is already there. So they bring him in as you know supposed to be run with him but i've also heard some stuff that they're worried about scary terry wanting the the big hundred million dollar contract i think this is i think this is his last year i think he was a year before debo or no the same because debo technically actually has one more year too right okay okay um so maybe they're doing this to give themselves a little bit of leverage like that's another offense I think it's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be down a lot. Um, even though they have a good defense, that division's going to be crazy. And so I think they're just going to air it out. And Scary Terry gets so much attention from the secondary that this rookie's going to be one-on-one. He'll try and prove himself. Number 10, George Pickens. Wide receiver goes to Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh can draft wide receivers. No kidding. <laughs> I know nothing about George Pickens besides the fact that Pittsburgh drafted him, and I'm already high on him because right, that situation. Right. It's, they draft so many good wide receivers, and it's just, yeah, I'm all in. I mean, it goes back 
forever. Yeah. I mean, they drafted Emmanuel Sanders. They drafted AB. They Heinz drafted Ward. Ward. I mean, that's when it started. I mean, yeah. well, no, probably Lynn Swan. But I mean, <laughs> like, it, they do, man. They just draft them and they always just turn up to be great hands, good speed. And so this will be, you know, I think as a wide receiver, there's no bigger compliment than getting drafted by a Pittsburgh Steelers. You're like, oh, you think I'm, you think I'm good? All right. I'll go play in Pittsburgh. Number 11, John Michi, wide receiver to Houston. Houston is a shit show, dumpster fire, and yet keeps doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, they just kind of uh, piece their season together, like bit by bit. You're like, this is a big problem. And then you're like, oh, you scored points this week. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you guys really need to go 0 and 17. Right. <laughs> Stop it. You guys Stop keep trying yeah. so hard. I'm waiting for the head coach to tell them I'll get hammered on Saturday night. Just show up to work on Sunday. We're like, all right, that's what we needed. You guys will go about 60%. Number 12, Sky Moore, wide receiver. He went to Kansas City. Oh, my. That's Kansas City is interesting. <laughs> I, uh, the Kansas City wide receiver core is like reminds me a lot of the Dolphins' backfield. There's so many options. It's going to be interesting to see who prevails and who ends up being, okay, this guy's going to be a stud, and is this guy going to be worth starting, especially in deeper leagues? Oh, for sure. Um, and then I put number 13, I put Christian Watson on here, wide receiver Green Bay, just because he interests me. Um, and he went a little bit high in some of our mocks, so I wanted to to put him on there. Anything on here that you guys are kind of surprised about or that you think quite a bit differently? The one thing that jumps out at me here, zero quarterbacks. So yeah. this has to be based on single quarterback. I'm dynasty. sure. Yeah, you know, right, I should have yeah. checked that. I'm, I'm sure. I'm it sure it is. Be. Yeah. I mean, so keep that in mind, right? If we're doing a super flex, you got a two quarterback league. Basically, um, you're probably valuing some of those quarterbacks a little higher than some of these guys. Um, doesn't mean they're automatically the top, but um, they're gonna they're gonna sprinkle in there. I would say once you hit a certain point, you know, at least once you get past Spiller, you know, the third running back, at right. least we're starting to talk quarterbacks. I know it wasn't a super strong quarterback class, but um, that's the thing that jumps out the most to me. Otherwise, I don't necessarily mind the list. I mean, Yeah, I, I don't really either. I think it's kind of like you're saying right after about eight, as I, Isaiah Spiller, who I think is in a pretty good I – I don't feel like eight's that bad of a spot, but I feel like he's been being drafted much later than that. People are scared off by him a little bit. Yeah. And then I think kind of the rest of those guys, you know, Jahan Dotson – I personally would rather have Sky Moore or Christian Watson, but I feel like that's just the fact that this year they have a better landing spot. If Scary Terry was to leave, you know, but if Scary Terry stays, so I don't know. Same thing with Pickens. Like if both Deontay Johnson and Claypool stay, you know. It's, it's tough. He's the wide receiver three at best for at least a couple years. And then again, John Mechie, like Houston. Ugh. I think I, I think someone that is right on the cusp of being on this list is uh, James uh, Cook, who got drafted. Oh, the Bills. Cook! You know what? I almost put him on here, but he was like 16 on the list. But I agree with you 100. percent I, I think I think he's the long shot to eventually be very significant by the end of this year. Um, Singletary and Moss have. Singletary, you know, prevailed towards the end of the year, but during the season, he was completely unreliable. They tried to sprinkle in Zach Moss. 
Uh, I could see James Cook eventually taking over the backfield. I know that's like a bold statement, but the way they kind of praised him and, you know, reaching like they did, and they do not want Josh Allen to run that ball. They, as, right. as much funny as to watch, the, you know, run the ball, uh, it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson situation. They don't want their franchise getting hurt. And there's, you know, Allen's taking a couple of shots where I'm sure, you know, the head coach is like, don't ever do that again. So I think, uh, yeah, this backfield should be interesting. And I like from what I've seen from James Cook, I think he has the ability to be very successful, especially in fantasy. Well, a thing I heard today um, was, you know, they tried to sign McKissick. They like they went during the, the OK tampering period. They worked out a deal with J.D. McKissick. And it was a go. He was going to be the Buffalo. He was going to be a Buffalo running back. And then last minute, he was like, er, and he went back to Washington. So though they haven't thrown the ball a lot to their running backs, they specifically tried to get one and a very, very good one. Right. Mm-hmm. That backfired. And then they drafted one. Yep. Right. So I agree. I think they're trying to like, Josh Allen, stop running when you're in danger. We'll get you a check down guy. Totally. You know, we'll get you one and let's start doing some of that. And Singletary's done after this year, yeah. contract wise. So, yeah, it's, I, th- I, I, I think Cook is, yeah, I think he is. I would draft Cook on this list. I would move up Sky Moore and Christian Watson to nine and 10. And then I would probably be Cook around 11. We're going to circle back to this when we talk about the draft. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's jump into our mock drafts. We'll start off. This is our first mock draft. We put this out to our Patreon guys, and we had a couple people join us. We did this. It was just about a week, I think, before the NFL draft. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Our buddy Austin, he started off. He had the 1-1. He went Brees Hall. Joe went Kenneth Walker. Uh, Our friend Nate, Jameson Williams. Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Maddie went Isaiah Spiller at six, Drake London went at seven. I had the eighth pick. I took Chris Olave, George Pickens at nine, Jahan Dotson at 10, Christian Watson 11, and the first tight end, Trey McBride went at 12. Um, and then it was, we did do it as a super flex, even though quarterbacks didn't really go. Um, just because people aren't super pumped on. But Sky Moore at 2-1, Malik Willis, he went. Uh, the aforementioned James Cook that we were just talking about. Damian Pierce, I at 2-5 took a quarterback. I took Kenny Pickett. Again, this was pre-NFL draft, so we had no landing spots. Um, not a whole – I mean, after that, uh, Matt Corral went at 2-7. Uh, Couldn't help myself. He was there. Yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, you know, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter went in the second round. Um, some of that changed. And then Kyron Williams, Brian Robertson, Zamir White, some of the running backs that people felt had, you know, the possibility of going to good places also went in the second round. And then the third round, um, a lot of tight ends. Greg Dolchich, Jalen Wiedermeyer, Isaiah Likely. So, I mean, I feel like it was a pretty decent draft without any, you know, notice. I feel like we took some of the guys that were expected to go to good places. I mean, how do you guys feel? How did you feel about it when you did it pre-draft? Um, yeah, I actually agree with that. 
I think it was um, we're pretty close to where they're actually going to be drafted, but um, where they land on their teams, they kind of solidify exactly where they're going to be. Um, I went with Isaiah Spiller at 1-6, which is probably a little too soon now that we know where he's at, but there's still a lot of potential there, and I think someone like Drake London, Chris Olave will go ahead of him in most drafts. Um, the wide receiver uh, class was fantastic. So I think it's um, it's pretty close to where it needs to be. But a lot of these tight ends going as early as it did was a little surprising to me. Yeah, I at 2-5 got Kenny Pickett, which was a super flex. And I was super bummed that Malik Willis was already <laughs> off the board. Um, and, you know, now obviously I would be really happy having the the only quarterback with first round draft capital as late as I did, but yeah, I, f- I felt that for what we, the information we had, I felt that it was a decent, decent draft. Anything you did, Joe, that you, I, you know, I just picked one of my leagues and just went off need. Um, you know, so I knew I needed a running back and so I one two Kenneth Walker. That's, that's too early for me, but I knew by the time it got back to me, those top tier guys were gone. So I pulled the trigger, didn't know where he'd end up, but that's what I needed. Same thing. Took a quarterback next. Um, you know, I kind of missed out on some people, but you know, it was fine. But I think when we get into this after, after the draft mock, we're going to be more dialed in on what we're trying to do for sure. Yeah. I feel like the, after the draft, I mean, it just opens things up guys that, you know, guys you were really hoping on that fell to the fifth or sixth round in the NFL draft. Now you have to question it. You know, the quarterbacks that we thought were, were going to be great, you know, fell super late. So We'll, we'll dive into it. We'll uh, do- quick question for you yeah, guys yeah. about the Malik Willis situation when Ryan Tannehill, which I'm sure anyone who listens to football may have heard this little quip from Ryan Tannehill saying that he is not there to be, you know, basically his, you know, his helper to help him end the NFL and basically show him the way that he should learn on his own kind of thing. Does that affect your, where you draft him? Do you think that's going to get put a chip on his shoulder? Or do you think that's going to affect maybe the how quickly he learns, you know, the playbook or how he learns to adapt to the NFL? It's not going to affect me at all. Um, I don't, I mean, it's interesting, but you know, I don't know the context of it. There have been those kind of things said and then wasn't there another quarterback that said something very similar to that. And then Mm. the quarterback that was said that about is now one of the best quarterbacks. And now they're all buddy, buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Potentially hated each other at that. Yeah. I have Farvin Rogers went through it a little bit. I don't think it, I don't think, yeah, I'm not reading too much into it. I mean, I think Tannehill, that says that he still wants to be the guy. He's not ready to be replaced, um, but that's not really up to him. <laughs> Completely agree. They will decide when Willis is the guy. And they're such different quarterbacks too, though. It's kind of weird to be like, what? I don't know. Their it, style of play is so different. It was just interesting because it sounded almost like he was preemptively um, threatened by his starting gig that they had Willis. It was almost like, oh, you guys went out and got him. Well, I'm not here to train him. You, I'm the starting. It's like. Hold on a second. Like, you guys are a team, but I, you know, like you said, it depends on context. And I mean, Tannehill's been around the league for a while. He has had those moments where he has to start or fight for that starting spot. And now he's been on a team that's been pretty decent the last few years. I think he's like, wait a second, you're coming into my family right now. You're going to know your spot. You're going to know where you need to be. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, I mean, Tennessee was the number one seed last year. That's true. I, I forgot about that until I heard yeah. somebody mention it today. Like, oh, geez, yeah, they're, you know, that's a great team still. So we'll yeah. see. Well, you it, know, he's feeling it. He's feeling like, oh, man, this is, are they about to burn this down? Because, you know, you get rid of, Ant- or not Antonio, AJ Brown, yeah. Draft Burks, 
then you draft a quarterback. It's like, oh, are you guys really ready to move on? Like, no. if we don't do it this year, you might be somewhere else. Right. Yep. Almost like Green Bay, except for they drafted a first-round wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. All right, let's get into the one that happened after the draft. This one was kind of nice. We had a few more people join us. So it's quite a few more actual people selecting instead of the computer. But Brees Hall went one. We all understand that as one one. Joe, you said in the other one, you took Kenneth Walker two, and this one, Kenneth Walker did go two. Do you feel that is too early if you have a need at running back? Um, not necessarily. I mean, if you have a need, if you got to get somebody, that's fine. Um, if you're at that two spot, you are somewhat stuck because you have a long way till it snakes back around to you. So even if you don't have a huge preference between, say, Spiller, Cook, and Walker, they're all gone by the time they get back. So, you know, if if you need someone that early, yeah, you kind of got to do it. So, so I understand. So just a note on that. So we did a snake draft because we were doing a mock draft, and, you know, that's it's hard to, to do it. In the actual rookie drafts, you would have the 2-2. Two, two. Would you feel better if it wasn't a snake draft and you knew that you're taking Kenneth Walker at 1-2 and then around 2-2 two, two, you're going to, you know, have the opportunity in George Pickens, you know, Isaiah Spiller, James. I mean, some of the – would you feel better of that if you had some of those wide receiver options possibly? Yeah, totally. That's a good point. And whether, you know, I don't know – in in all of my leagues, the odds that I have the one, two and the two, two or of whatever, course, like of all course. the trades, whatever. So regardless of where, how you got your picks or whatever, if you have another one coming up where you feel like, yeah, I'm still going to be in that wheelhouse of cook and spiller, I would probably go a top, top, top receiver there and then get one of the, the bunch. Yeah. Like, I don't know that Walker is necessarily a ton better than those other guys. So I would wait. Um, but yeah, all depends on what picks you have. So yeah, good point on that. Um, our first person, Nate, he had the one three. He took Garrett Wilson. Um, I think that I'm okay with that. I think he's kind of, uh, there's a lot of people out there consensus that he is the one number one wide receiver. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with Garrett Wilson. Anybody feel strongly one way or the other? Not strongly, but I probably would have gone with Traylon Burke. So I would have. Just because of that age round situation. It's just it's so much more. He's going to get a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but it's not, I, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. by week six, we could be like, wow, that Garrett Wilson pick was a lot better. Um, but in that situation, I probably would have gone Traylon Burks. Yeah, I would too. Traylon Burke did go at four. Austin took him at one four. And then kind of our first surprise to me, Christian Watson, he went at one five. I don't hate it. I just don't know if he's as safe as some of the other guys. How do you feel, Joe? Yeah, I'm. I, I think Watson's one of those guys that, depending on the draft, he could go right there, and he could be like borderline second round. I mean, I think there's just coming out of North Dakota State, you know, doesn't. I. He's a physical specimen. He does a lot of things really well, but that's still a big question mark. I mean, it's similar to Trey Lance coming. Like, wow, he does a lot of things really well, but we haven't seen him play against the SEC, so. I don't know. We'll see. So I don't, I don't, again, yeah, I agree with you. I don't hate it, but to me, I, I probably would like a safer option there. The one thing I did like is uh, when he got drafted, 
and you know they asked him they're like how do you feel about playing you know in green bay with aaron Rodgers yeah, all stuff exactly. and he immediately was just like i'm ready to learn i'm ready to kick ass let me get out there he's like i want to learn everything i can he just seems so amped and i think like that kind of dedication is someone like aaron's gonna look at him and be like yes all right let's go right now let's let's you know let's go practice for five hours you're gonna get these routes dialed in yeah. i'm gonna hit you in the chest 20 times you better catch all of them i love that yeah that is another thing is his drop rate was a little bit higher than than a lot of these other wide receivers but I think there's there's a way you can see a way where he could end up being one of the top wide receivers I easily think, in the league or, you know in this class I think that's possible one being with Aaron two his you know raw athletic score is just unreal but he's also a little scary at yeah. the one five, that's a little scary to me. I think he has the biggest range of outcomes. Yeah, he could. Yeah. It, it's like one of those things. Like if he showed up and he ended up being a top fifteen this year in all of NFL, you'd be like, well, yeah, it's because he's on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers right. talked to him. But if he found out he was you know one fifteen and he had one game where he caught more than four passes, you'd be like, well, yeah, because he's a rookie. Like you just, yeah. I don't think anything's really going to surprise me with him. Uh, Matt, you were at the six. You took Drake London. Um, I love Drake London at six. I think that's great. Um, you know, obviously you took it, so you feel good about it too. Yeah, I did see uh, Jameson Williams was on there as well, along with uh, Chris Olave. And, um, but I think Drake London has, you know, if this was a dynasty type situation, a super flex, I think he's going to have the best outcome in the long run. Um, Atlanta is obviously in a rebuilding situation, um, but it's either him or Kyle Pitts when they're throwing. Right, and they're going to be down all the time. So he's going to hit the ground running. He's going to have to figure it out quick. And I think they're going to figure out a way to get the ball to him a lot. Number seven, Jamison Williams. Pre-draft, I was really big on him. I still would love to have him. Seven's not too late or, you know, too early for me as well. Just, yeah, the Detroit thing scares me a little bit. Amon Ra's there as well. But, I mean, wasn't Amon Ra like a round four, round five pick himself? Uh a couple I, last year sure. i think he was pretty late and i mean he didn't you know they weren't once things got going and he got going they were throwing the ball his way so man he finished off the year hot yeah yeah number eight chris Olave um from new orleans again i think it's just i think he's super safe i think he's gonna be the new bobby trees i think he's just gonna be consistent all the time but never necessarily like you know, the top guy, but right. I think he's really good. Um, Sky Moore went at one nine for me, Sky Moore and Christian Watson are like those wild cards that I want them kind of after I want them around there around the one nine, one ten, just in case they, you know, don't hit, but they're both in such good places with such good quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to have to do more research on Sky Moore, but I just feel like there's so many cooks in the kitchen on this situation. And it's just, I think for him to prevail, he's going to have to maneuver through a lot of talent on that squad to be, you know, a number one or even like a high number two. And so I mean, they've lost a lot of it though. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, they did lost, you know, lose Tyreek and, but they gained Juju. And yeah. And it's, I, oh, and they did sign, um, MVS. MVS, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just know Travis Kelsey's still going to get yeah. his 120 targets. Like, I think Sky Moore. And my is- boy Clyde Edwards, am I right? I would be too. Like I said, it, that's another, like, I see more question marks than I see answers with that, um, especially with that offense. There's so many options. Um, I, I obviously want him to do well. I think rookies are fun when they do well, but there's so many veterans there, and they're. 
that team is there to do one thing. They're there to win a Super Bowl. They're not rebuilding. They're not trying to navigate their way to get to the playoffs. They know what the end game is. And to rely on a rookie specifically is going to be very difficult. Yeah, that's true. Joe, you had the 10. You went Jahan Dotson. What were you thinking there? Um, I was very strongly considering Kenny Pickett there. Um, I w- again, I just thought of one of my leagues and thought, okay, what would I want to do here? Didn't necessarily need a quarterback, but still considering him at that point. Um, I, I don't love Dotson there, so I'm not, I'm not excited about that pick. I'm not happy about it, but I felt like he's still, you know, one of those top tier receivers and on that league, I kind of could use a receiver. So I went for it. Um, not thrilled by any, by any means. It was a maintenance pick. Yeah. It was a keep your team afloat. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> Myself, I had the 11 and I was very happy with it because I don't know what I was going to do. If you went, Kenny Pickett there? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I really, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I probably would have been somewhere between Dotson, Cook, and Spiller is probably what I what I would have been, you know, what I would have been thinking. So I was really happy to see you go wide receiver in a super flex. Kenny Pickett, the only, you know, first round quarterback. I was glad I grabbed him quickly and fast and and I was happy with it. Um James Cook did go at twelve. Um, we had kind of mentioned Cook, and I think this is pretty close to where I think he should end up, even in Superflex. You know, on that list we went through, he wasn't even on it from Mike Clay, um, but we all, you know, said we like him a lot. So I think 12 is a good spot for him. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I think that's a great. Uh, I think it's a great pick right there at the turn. George Pickens was picked up right after that at the 2-1. Like I said, it is Snake, so he did go James Cook, George Pickens. So I was back at 2-2. I went Isaiah Spiller. I was pretty happy with that. Matt, how do you feel? Do you think Isaiah Spiller should have gone before James Cook, though? Um, you know what? I'm actually having trouble with uh, I'm having trouble not picturing Chris Collinsworth saying Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, but it gets picked. I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen a dozen times this year, and I just realized that they're both on Pittsburgh, and this is a <laughs> this is just a tongue twister waiting to happen. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, you know, he's on the Chargers. That's high potent offense. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I think uh, Austin Eckler is going to do really well there, and he's going to be able to kind of watch that develop. I just like James Cook a little bit more because. Buffalo is just as good of a team as the Chargers, but their backfield is a little bit more murky, and I think he has the opportunity to prevail. So I like Cook a little bit more than Spillard, but not by much. Yeah, that's I, I think, too. I think what you had mentioned is where they want Josh Allen to throw the ball down. They want him to check it down. So, yeah, I think that he could end up definitely being being a good good selection there. Joe, you were back up at two, three, and you did go quarterback. What did you do there? I took Desmond Ritter. Um, Love that. He is my number two. Um, so fell right into my hands there. Um, it's a little early, I think. Uh, I believe in the last one. I'm trying to remember. I think he went like 2-11. Um, so it's a little earlier, but I think for the reason that he went to Atlanta – and is kind of the heir apparent, right? Mariota, I don't think anyone thinks right. more than just a stopgap. Um, Mariota's a good dude. Ritter seems like a good dude. I think that's going to be a great mentoring match as opposed to the Tannehill-Willis situation. And then uh, Ritter's got a big arm. He's got, you know, he's got pits. He's got London to throw to. 
I like his his future. So I, I, I felt good about it. Maybe a touch early. Um, I, I know some people will go Willis first. Um, for me, it's Ritter. I really like that pick because I firmly believe Ritter's a starting quarterback by week nine. And that's like a bold statement, but I just feel like Atlanta's going to be, like I said, they're not going to be a good team. And I think Ritter's going to show enough that they're like, he's going to, I think he's going to have that one game that's like week four or week five where he's filling in or doing something. And the head coach is going to be like, yes, you now get to start over Mariota. And I think he, when he does start, I don't know if he gives it back up. He's just, that offense is young. And I think they're gonna have a lot of fun kind of like they did last year, but they have more talent this year. And for some reason, I'm really high on Ritter. I think it's gonna be fun to watch him this year. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's definitely going to take over at some point, and we're at least going to see what we have. And that's not a bad time to try to trade him. You know, if you're if you are, I mean, if you need him and you're trying to compete, it's going to be rough anyways. But you know, sometimes some of these guys that are drafted kind of late, quarterbacks can be worth so much that sometimes it's just nice to, as soon as they show something, you know try to recoup some picks and, and move on. Right. Um, Tyler Algier, Algier, he went next at 2-8, David Bell at 2-9. Um, Tyler Algier, he went to Atlanta. He could he could be doing some stuff. I mean, uh, Mike Davis, <laughs> though he's not good, they, they relied on him. Yeah. And Patterson... Cordell Corderell, I've heard they're trying to move him back more to wide receiver, so he could get some run. Malik Willis went at 210. And I don't know. I don't know about Malik Willis. I mean, like we just said, you know, in Tennessee, it's not like he's gonna really have a chance to take over. I mean, unless they just fell apart somehow. But so he might be sitting a couple years before you actually get a see your return on investment, but I don't know. How did you guys feel? I mean, during the draft, did you think he was going to get drafted a lot earlier? So I have Tannehill, and I would probably end up reaching for Willis just so I had that cuff. When Tannehill's gone, you got Willis. When it comes to, you know, if I don't have any Tannehill at all, and I'm Willis, you pretty much just have to stash him at this point. I don't know when he's going to be able to start. I feel like Tannehill's still going to start for a little bit longer, and especially a competitive team. So I mean... Him going to Tennessee is not the worst thing for him. It's not that you know worst thing for the Titans. But when it comes to fantasy drafts, and especially you know a super flex rookie draft, you really have to weigh your options, especially with your uh, your lineup. Um, like I said, cuff him if you have Tannehill. But if you don't, you got to know you're going to stash him for a long time. Yeah, I agree. And yes, to answer your question, I was shocked he went that late. I yeah, know, me too. I have uh, in the super flex in one of our leagues. I have Darnold as my third QB, and I traded to get him because I needed a third for you know bye weeks and injuries and. It just looked like it was all going to shit. Like, oh, man, they're going to draft either Pickett or Willis. Right. You know, Baker's out there, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know how I'm still hanging on, and I'm just jinxed it. So tomorrow you're going to wake up and see that Jimmy G is on his way to Carolina. But uh, <laughs> for DJ Moore, for and, DJ Moore, and, fingers crossed. And Baker Mayfield. They're both going to go there. Gross. <laughs> I won't have any elite, any Malik Willis unless he falls late second early third and again that would only be to trade him the second i could yeah i just like but i said i second any good news came up i'd be like down i feel like there's a lot of talent being wasted on that with that pick for tennessee i feel like they're just stashing talent um yeah like jordan could, love <laughs> pick 86 let me remind you willis went 86 wow jordan that love. late 86 jordan 23 love. yeah 26 with the trade up 
Gross. Damn it. <laughs> 211, John Michi. We kind of talked about him a little bit. 212, Trey McBride, first tight end. Supposed to be a pretty athletic, good pass catching tight end. I mean, you know me, I like to stash my tight ends, so <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting him at 212. I've seen some drafts where he's gone. I don't know if he's gone in the first round, but people started talking about him in the first round and right around 2-1, How do you guys feel about him going this late? I think I think it's a steal. Um, I think he's exciting. I think, you know, well, I don't think. I know Zach Ertz is 31, um, so he's not going to be around forever. Uh, I think that offense will be pretty good. I think Kyler Murray is going to keep moving him down the field. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is getting older. So some of those targets are going to become available soon, and he could be the the big beneficiary of all that. And I think he's going to hit the ground running, especially with Hopkins out. I think they're going to run that two tight end set. Uh, you know, Ertz is going to draw a lot of attention, but also I think they're going to line him up on the other side. And he may be, you know, a blocking tight end for a little bit, but they're going to need him to catch the ball. And I think yeah. uh, with Hopkins out, he has a great opportunity to establish himself as a great target. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sitting behind, not even behind, but in the same tight end room with Ertz. I mean, that's nice. That's going to, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah, going to help him out a lot, too. And yeah, Christian Kirk's gone, too. I didn't even think about that one. AJ Green will be gone, you know, so. They, they brought AJ Green back this year. Right, right. I just mean, I know, but. Like, this is the uh, year. This is the year, AJ uh, Green. <laughs> Team number one at the 3 1, they took uh, Jalen Tolbert. He's a wide receiver for Dallas. Um, there's some good talk about him. I mean, you know, with Dallas needing the third running back with, you know, who's the number two there? I'm blanking. He's got Tony Pollard. No, uh, the wide receiver. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Gallup's injured. Not going to start the season. Tolbert might get some run. You know, we talked earlier about, uh, Pittsburgh just drafting just a slew of amazing wide receivers. Dallas is on that same page. Like if you look at the wide receivers they've drafted or just had lately, they have a great receiving core. And I think, you know, Jalen Tolbert, they know that and they're definitely put him out there. You know, they lost Cooper and or gave him up. And I think it's another guy who has a great opportunity to kind of hit the ground running, you know, and learn on a very, you know, high potent offense. And Dak's going to need to throw it to somebody. So this should be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I think Dak's a really good quarterback, too. And can so You know, he showed last year he can support a couple guys. So, yeah, I think he could he could do well. 3-2, Alec Pierce, wide receiver, went to Indiana. Uh, yeah, Indianapolis. He went to the Colts. <laughs> He's and, a Hoosier this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they need help. You know, I think Ty's probably finally gone. Yeah, I think this is his last year, right? I, but, I would say this has got to be his last year. Yeah. I was kind of hoping last year was his last year. But um, you know, besides Pittman, I mean, they they need some help. They've lost a lot. That. Doyle's Jack Doyle's gone. I mean, they've they, they got, could use they got it. Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, yeah, they do that yeah. big old headed motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, the three three Wandale Robinson, wide receiver for the Giants. I the Giants have no idea what they're doing at wide receiver. Um, I don't even know why they drafted one. It's interesting to see. Uh, I don't know a lot about Wandale Robinson, but just seeing that he got drafted by the Giants, just my interest just kind of disintegrated. And I, I the Giants will eventually be good, you would hope, with all the people they have. But probably Wandale's not going to be that big of a pick for a while. 
I'm, I'm having a hard time doing any analysis right now because I we just dipped into the Key and Peel draft right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lawndale Robinson, Tyrion Davis Price, and Tyquan Thornton, like from Florida. <laughs> Jackson Flaxen Waxen was taken <laughs> in the third round. You what gotta give it to him. Everyone's gotta give it up to Nick. He is nailing these right now. <laughs> I Nick, believe what was that beer you picked up from Moxie today. <laughs> the banana ram ram. <laughs> Marvelous. I believe that Wandale Robinson is very similar to Kadarius Tony. Okay. Um, I also believe that he was drafted too early, and so people are going to be like, I don't know, he was drafted pretty early. Maybe it's time to take him here at the 3-2 or 3-3, and you probably shouldn't draft any wide receivers from the Giants ever. Right. Tyrion Davis-Price, though, on the other hand, running back San Francisco, in some mock drafts I saw today, he was going like early second round. That's really interesting considering the two rookies they got last year and wow. Elijah Moore, or Elijah Mitchell just uh, you know cementing himself as a starter and then you got Trey Sermon right behind him the one they thought was going to be the RB1 and then they went and picked this guy up and now it's I mean he get, Do you know what do you know what size he is? He's probably massive. <laughs> 61232. Jesus. Lendell White has entered the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. So Jeez. I would take a I would take a shot on him higher than this. I think I think I would take a shot at him in the second round, and it could be a pick that you're catching on fire and burning out, and you got absolutely nothing with it. But it helps that you're a Niner fan, right? A hundred percent. That does help. But I mean, I'm also a fan of what the Niners running backs do in fantasy. So I would take the. I mean, Elijah Mitchell was the same. I mean, he was. You know, you you had the Why chance take to him. They already right, got certain, right, yeah, and they already had all these other guys that you know. My name is Jeff, and all these other guys. So, <laughs> I mean, you will be a running back <laughs> for myself. There's just a lot of guys that I don't care about at all. Why not take a shot on a 49er running back? Totally, uh, you know, especially with how haphazardly it seems like they start him it's just like who's this guy i've never even heard it well he's got 12 touches for 145 yards and three touchdowns right. it's like okay and then on you know in leagues that he's not drafted the waiver wire absolutely blows up and it's like ah, uh, he touched the ball twice more that the rest of the year so to get a guy like this and stash him there is going to be that opportunity you're like he's worth something now tyquan thornton he's a fast mofo <laughs> He ran a 4.28 40-yard dash. And I heard that they clocked it quick. I, I was reading something about that. He was the one that they were like, it could have been quicker than that. <laughs> that's that's insane, man. That Sleeper is- says he's 6'3". The analysis says he's 6'2". But either way, he's 180 pounds. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's my height minus 40 pounds. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then also... Have the Patriots ever drafted a good wide receiver? They are not Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a good point. But Mac Jones is good enough that he could. I mean, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's young enough that he can probably figure out a way to make the ball work with his wide receiver core over there. And if he's got guys fast and Mac Jones has that arm, they're going to use him for go routes. That's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said about Mac Jones. (laughs) And I wanted to like shit on him. And it's like, no, everything you said, like, yeah, that you're right. I. By like week three last year, I was like, I'm, I'm, I hate Belichick. I'd never want to root for the Patriots. But watching Mac Jones, I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig him. I like, was going to be like, well, you know who he was throwing to last year? And it was all trash then, too. So <laughs> two of them work at Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> 
one of them's now running back for the Niners because there's like 15 of them. Yeah, it's uh, I, you know, you get a fast guy on that New England offense. Belichick will figure out a way to get you the ball. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah it could be. We'll see. Maybe this breaks the curse. Isn't it Josh McDaniel that, that does all the figuring? Now he's not there anymore. Is the offense gonna be good? We don't, don't want know. New England to be good. No, that's <laughs> Actually, what I'm saying. I don't know that they will be. Josh oh, McDaniel oh, oh. was the offensive guy. But oh, yeah, a yeah, defensive yeah. Guy. Like, I don't know. How much do they fall off without him? <laughs> what if Mac Jones just plays football for 22 years? And like, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he won't be the GOAT. <laughs> Clearly, like, look at him. He doesn't look anything like the GOAT. He'll be, he'll be the lamb. He'll be just right below that, like, four Super Bowls. <laughs> All right, where were we? Uh, so I picked up uh, Brian Robinson in the third round over here in this uh, quick little super flex rookie. And the reason I did is because I think uh, Antonio Gibson's going to need that solid cuff with this young guy. Um, I know he's probably fourth on the depth chart. Washington's going to be interesting, and I think there's going to be some games they're going to be losing quite a bit, and they're not going to want to put the franchise out there and have him doing you know check down passes. So I think they're going to throw Robinson out there, and he should have a, a little bit of play. Yeah, I'm a little worried about him being a Antonio Gibson homer. I have him everywhere. That's a little disappointing for me. Yeah, I can see that. But a great cuff. I mean, if I could get him this late, especially. I don't think he's going to go this late. I think especially now that people are starting to realize that they've actively tried to get people to back up. You know, they brought back McKissick. They've now drafted. You know, I think he's going to go higher than that. Well, just the time of you know bell cow running backs is diminishing it's becoming ex- extinct there's three maybe four guys that are going to get 20 touches a game and it's phasing out quickly derrick henry's not gonna be able to do it much longer jonathan tamer taylor had an anomaly last year i don't i think they start fading that out and you're gonna start seeing guys getting like 70 percent of the work not 100 percent of the work and so antonio gibson will start to lose a little bit here and there and that's why they draft these guys so I, I've said before, I'm not a fan of coach speak. A lot of the things coaches throw around, you got to just ignore, like whatever. You're either hyping a guy up or you're, you're taking attention off someone else. Rivera came out, and Rivera's a pretty straight shooter, I feel like, and he came out and said something like he likes the idea of a one-two punch with Gibson and Robinson in the backfield. And as we just talked about, like McKissick, and like, what? what? They were shopping McKissick, weren't they? No, he just... He, he was a free agent. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, and this was this was recent. So this was after McKissick had re-signed with them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very strange. That's a weird thing to say. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. May, I, my first thing is like, oh, he's just trying to hype up the, the guy coming in. Like, oh, yeah, we want to use him, blah, blah, blah. But to just ignore McKissick, I'm like, what's that about after yeah. you just signed him? And like you said, Rivera hits you between the eyes. He doesn't really dance around. Yeah, so it's it's weird. I'm wondering if they're going to use McKissick more like in the slot or more like as just more receiving. Right. And, you know, not so much. Guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it's your, right. It's a good point. Too. Um, after Brian Robinson, tight end Jelani Woods, quarterback Sam Howe, tight end Greg Dolchich all went. Um, I don't know. Not a whole lot to say there. Sam Howe went to Washington, but super late. I mean, I feel like everyone that needs a quarterback is kind of waiting till next year and years after, so not a whole lot there. Joe, I don't even know, what's the guy's name you took? Uh, Keontae Ingram. Oh, yeah. Um, went to Arizona. That's kind of the reason I took him. I don't know how much longer James Conner's going to be around. They obviously just they moved Chase Edmonds. 
Eno Benjamin is currently the backup, and he basically didn't even, a lot of times he didn't even suit up. So I don't know that they necessarily like him a ton. I mean, so I thought he was like, he's the cuff to have, as we talked about, I don't know, a few episodes ago for James Conner. Now they added this guy, so I thought, eh, why not? Yeah, uh, Eno Benjamin's interesting because the time that he actually did get the ball um, last year, he just didn't really impress. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I was like, whoa, the, where did you guys draft this guy? Like, and right. who were you sitting to put him out there? And it was kind of interesting. I think there was a lot of hype around him, and I think he's definitely got something to prove this year if he wants to stay as that cuff as opposed to, you know, uh, Keontae Ingram. Yeah, so it was just one of those picks. I wasn't totally, any yeah. it's like, oh, I want this guy, but he was there and decent yeah. spot. So. I picked after you. I took K-Dot and tied in for Tampa Bay, and it's kind of the same thing. I've heard some people put him as number two possibly number three tight end in the class so i figured with you know second to last pick i love my tight ends i'll i'll take a guy so again yeah not a whole lot there either jeremy ruckert tight end for the jets went to team 12 that ended our draft and don't not even sure who they are but sometimes tight ends you're just going to put them on your taxi squad and let them sit a couple years anyways so there's another example of a, I mean, a good spot for kate Otten. i mean because Gronk is right, maybe right. done, maybe one more. You know, O.J. Howard is gone, and all they have is Cameron Brait now. So, yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's, you know, kind of the thought that, yeah, right, Gronk is not going to be around much longer. They don't really have a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, he could do it. Anything, you know, anything about this draft that, you know, anything, anything that, like, any guys that majorly changed after the draft for you or anything? Matt Carl did for me. I think he's going to go a lot higher. Um, that's just a mess over there with the QB in Carolina. Um, I know Sorry, we just established that Darnold is clearly the man and that nothing's going to change. So. Clearly on the bench. <laughs> Moving on. <All> right. <laughs> uh, it is it is one of those things they either, you know, drafted Coral so he would kind of nip at the heels of Darnold to get him going, you know, kind of see what if they can get him in the right you know frame of mind, or they're just going to see if he's just going to put more talent out there and give him a better opportunity to win. But I think he kind of trends up for me um, rather than some of these other quarterbacks. He was kind of that guy, too, that during the season, when you're actually watching him play football, everyone had him rated pretty high. And then they took the pads off and started doing all this stuff and watched him drop. So, you know, that's always a weird a weird thing. Like, you know, they watch the games and like, oh, this guy's great. Then they watch him run around and they're skibbies and they're like, yep, this guy's not good. So yeah, totally. yeah, he could, you know, he could do something, but I would still bet on Darnold. Yeah. I, I agree there. I think Coral and Ritter were the quarterbacks that bumped up just cause they're landing spots. Um, you know, uh, Christian Watson, um, definitely bumped up going to green Bay versus damn near anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, everything else is kind of mild. I mean, Jameson Williams, maybe a slight decrease because of Detroit, but otherwise pretty similar to where he'd go. And not a ton else surprised me. I don't think. And I would say definitely if you have any, uh, if you have any Carson Wentz, you might want to reach a little bit for Sam Howell. Just Carson Wentz has not done much. And I think that he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. But he, uh, I, man, I, this is like, his last opportunity to him for him to prove himself and Washington does have enough talent that if they need a quarterback, that's at least halfway decent, they will start him over Carson Wentz. So, I mean, I think if you have Carson Wentz, you kind of eyeball that a little bit. If he's available, maybe reach a couple. I feel like last year, Carson Wentz was the first time that the 
I don't even know necessarily if the fantasy world, but like the outside world was like, man, you know where Wentz should go? He should go with Reich. Like that guy totally, when he was his quarterback coach, they killed it together. He was almost the MVP. And then they were like, oh, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, 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 come over here. And then they were like, no. <laughs> Still don't want you. Yeah, I think the quarterbacks was the biggest thing, the biggest surprise for me from before the draft till after the draft is you know we thought what did we thought three minimum quarterbacks in the first round like six by day two and and that did not happen no, not and at all. pittsburgh floated out they i mean they were in love with malik willis i mean they were taking him to dinner during the Smoke senior bowl and, and yeah yeah Smoke and mirrors yep absolutely so to me the quarterbacks were definitely the big thing and and super you know super flex i don't know there's gonna be i feel like you're gonna want to take Pickett, and he's gonna be somebody that you can play and you'll find some room and everybody else is a huge dart throw huge question mark I mean, who would you rather have, Mills or one of these other, you know, for Houston or one of these quarterbacks that depends on your roster composition. Are you going for now or are you going for later? I I mean, either way, really, is there a difference? I don't know. Like, I I mean, if you want me to, would you rather have Mills or Matt Corral? If I'm trying to win a championship in the next two years, well, you're not going to win a championship with either one of those guys, but. <laughs> well, no, okay, not as your two. They could be your, you know, your three, maybe. Yeah, for sure. All right. But all right. all right, let's get into the drunken trade of the week. I think this is something we already talked about a little bit, but off air, I think. But I wanted to uh, put it on here because it's near and dear to my heart and a few other guys that listen a lot. This was a orphan league that I used to be a part of, and. I quit because I didn't like the guys in it and didn't like the commissioner, but I had turned my team around to, I felt like I went a couple years ago. I went, zero and 13 had the number one pick, took Trevor Lawrence, did some other trades. I felt like my team was doing pretty well. And then I just wrote the commissioner and said, Hey, I'm just letting you know, I turned my team around. I'm going to step out. Well, one of my friends, Austin is still in it and it is the biggest shit show of a league I've ever seen. So they went. How do you really feel about this league? <laughs> so here's just some backstory. It was a one quarterback league. In the we had a rookie draft where the commissioner, or no, before that it was a one quarterback league. I traded the commissioner Lamar Jackson for like a first and a couple other things. It's a one quarterback league. Then we had our rookie draft, and he took Joe Burrow. And then right after the rookie draft said, it's now a super flex league. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's going to be, in two years, a two-quarterback league. So you have to have two quarterbacks. So this trade, the commissioner received Kirk Cousins and Trevor Lawrence, two-quarterback league, (laughs) and gave up Corderell Patterson and Brandon Cooks. Two guys just about to hit their stride. Yeah. <laughs> Prime of their lives coming up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I added some other extra little info here. You know, Buddy Austin asking, did anybody explain two quarterback to him? 
And the commissioner says he has like 12 quarterbacks. This is my old team. I did. I had a bunch of quarterbacks because it was a two-quarterback league and I was going to trade them all for a lot of good players. I told him I needed one and he sent it with just Patterson. So that means he sent Kirk Cousins and Trevor Lawrence for Cordero Patterson. Mm. I was like, quote, nope, not taking that and getting accused of cheating. So I added in Cooks. Still outrageous. This is <laughs> this is a nightmare. So my favorite thing is Austin goes on to be like, per fantasy pros, the startup, da 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 just lists everything, how much they're all worth. And the commissioner says, that's way too much details for me. <laughs> and Austin says, I bet. <laughs> too many numbers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely a... I don't, we don't even, I, there's nothing even to say about how bad that trade is. No. I just wanted to put it in there so we could... Shit all over this league? Yeah. yeah I like it. I actually decided to make a complete copy of that league. I copied every player onto every team, every pick onto everything, and found nine people to take over teams just because I wanted to keep my team in that league, but I could no longer play with those guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty fantastic. So it's a league we call Little Orphan Annie. (laughs) It's genius. Because everybody's an orphan. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, let's get out of here. Anything else? Uh, not much. No. Oh, hey, shout out to our moms. It was Mother's Day last week. And, yes, uh, it You know, was. Nick and I, we were talking about this. I'm sure Joe, you know, as well. Like, our moms are always full supporters. And my mom, hi, mom, if you're listening, ha- has no idea what we're talking about. Most of this is gibberish. Might as well be in Japanese. But they support us so much. And just big hug to them. And they're fantastic. And we love you guys. Yeah, totally. My mom says she listens. And then at the end, I always say, hey, mom, when you hear this, call me. I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> She hasn't called me from it yet. You gotta call her. She misses you. Your mom is the Jamarcus Russell of <laughs> Mom, that podcast was blank for an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, I need to explain that to her. That's the greatest thing yet. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, hopefully this will help you with your rookie drafts. The actual little orphan Annie drafts on Friday. So hopefully some of you guys will listen and hear what we did as mocks and come up with your own ideas there. Um, Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here again, fellas. It's always fun to sit down and talk and uh, BS through all this. Uh, I I love it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here every time. Everyone at home, if you guys have any things you want to hear about, any questions, any ideas, please hit us up. I don't know if we talked about we're on Discord. We've been messing around on there, throwing some fun stuff around. So please chime in. Let us know yeah. what, what we're missing. Yeah, our Patreon Discord has been pretty fun. And I know that it's going to be, once football season starts, it's going to be going hot, hot potatoes. Absolutely. Yeah, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, any topics, throw them on there. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Tip your bartender. Master.